Whisper Podcast. Oh, sorry. Whisper Podcast may contain content that may be sensitive for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. That's better. Hello, and welcome to Whisper Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Tyler. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm Dylan Gomez, and my pronouns are also they, them. And this is a podcast where... The fine arts, true crime, and mental health are a throuple. And we bring you episode 11. And this was a rather hard case for me to research, just because it deals with suicide. So this is just a little disclaimer that if you're sensitive to the topic of suicide... I definitely recommend that you skip this episode because it is rather heavy. But before we jump on into today's episode, how are you doing today, Dylan? I'm doing well, but I am nervous. So we are recording this the day it comes out on November 2nd. So tomorrow is election day. So there's just a lot. There's a lot going on right now with all that. And but other than that, I mean, whatever the outcome is, I just hope that everyone is okay for the next four years. I hope that the progress that many minority communities have had in the last few years when it comes to laws and protections stay in place. And yeah. And I, and I'm going to reward myself with an Americano today. So uh, right after this. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. Hello. Coming through with the Americanos. Um, but I totally feel you on that, Dylan. Um, With the election coming up, everything has kind of been nerve-wracking. Like, for me, it's been a lot of subconscious uh, nervousness. But, you know, I noticed that almost everybody (laughs) is nervous one way or the other. So just remember to take care of yourself during this time and show up for yourself and be present and listen to what your body needs and, you know, what you need most during this time to care for yourself. Obviously, let's hope that it goes in the direction that we want it to go in, but let's just prepare for the best. So, uh, otherwise, I'm glad you're doing well, Dylan. I'm really glad that you're treating yourself to an Americano. I treated myself to one prior to recording, so I feel a little bit like that squirrel from Hoodwinked where they, like, talk really fast. Um, (laughs) but I'm doing great! Uh (laughs) There we go! Awesome, awesome. So how else? So so you're doing good then? You're doing... For the most part, um, you know, so as Dylan mentioned, we are recording this on the 2nd, which is literally the day it comes out. Uh, I recently started work again, so that's mostly what I've been kind of doing. So we've just been managing and, you know, trying to make it work best. So here we are. I'm so happy to be sitting down with you and so happy to, for lack of a better term, I'm happy to tell you this story. Thank you. I mean, I think the best way to pay respect to especially people who have passed away is to share stories yeah, about them. you know so, even the hard because ones. it can help to prevent it for somebody else or it can help you to see the signs within somebody else or even for yourself so you know i think that sharing this is going to be very important so i am going to be telling the story of the death of conrad roy there has been a couple of documentaries on this i recent i, I actually found out about this story when i watched i love you now die and that was an HBO documentary, so that's where I originally learned from it from. But now I'm gonna be telling it on this podcast. So Dylan, are you ready to listen to the story? <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, I gave myself a hug for before, and yeah. I'll give myself a all hug. the hugs. All the hugs. 
son. Be present. Show up for yourself. So, Conrad was born in 1995 in Mattaposet, Massachusetts. He was known sometimes to be socially anxious attending school and going into the classroom. For several years, he worked with his father, grandfather, and uncle in his family's marine salvage business, Tucker Roy Marine Towing and Salvage Incorporated, in the New England, in the New England area. According to court documents, Roy had allegedly been physically hit by his father and verbally abused by his grandfather and tried to kill himself in October 2012 while despondent after his parents had divorced. Roy struggled with social anxiety and depression for which he had seen several therapists and counselors, including a cognitive behavioral therapist in weeks prior to his death. He had been hospitalized for acetaminophen, paracetamol overdose at the age of 17. He was talking to a girl he had met in a group and she called the police. In the United States, Cetoprem carries a boxed warning stating that it may increase suicidal thinking and behavior in those under the age of 24. In spring of 2014, he earned his captain's license from Northeast Maritime Institute by completing three months of night classes. In June 2014, he graduated on honor roll, highest grade from Old Rochester High School. He was an all-around high school athlete who played baseball, road crew, and ran track. He graduated with a 3.88 GPA and was accepted into Fitchburg State University to study business. But at that point, he had decided not to go. Michelle Carter was born on August 11, 1996 in Massachusetts to Gail and David Carter. She went to King Philip Regional High School, Reithman. There's not too much information on Michelle, but the article mentions that she struggled with mental health, self-harm, and had an eating disorder. Michelle and Conrad met in Florida in 2012, while each had been visiting relatives. After this initial encounter, they saw each other in person again only a handful of times over the course of two years. Despite having lived only about 35 miles away from each other in Boston suburbs, instead, they mostly exchanged text messages and emails. While much of the media routinely referred to Michelle as Conrad's girlfriend, this was a description used by Michelle, but not by Conrad. He considered her a friend. After learning that he was planning to kill himself, Michelle repeatedly discouraged him from attempting suicide in 2012 and 2014 and encouraged him to get professional help. Okay, girl. However, her attitude changed in July 2014. Ooh. So these are the messages exchanged from June 19, 2014. Michelle, but the mental hospital would help you. I know you don't think it, but I'm telling you, if you give them a chance, they can save your life. Later. Part of me wants you to try something and fail just so you can go get help. Conrad, it doesn't help. Trust me. Michelle, so what are you going to do then? Keep being all talk and no action and every day going through saying how badly you want to kill yourself? Or are you going to try and get better? Conrad, I can't get better. I already made my decision. So that was, <laughs> oh my God. that was in the beginning of June. Yeah, I mean, nobody can help you if you're not looking to get better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... It, it requires effort to yeah you know because it's like care of yourself. it is your responsibility you know and it's just like if that's something that conrad can't do then he's just not in the position to do that you know and it's like maybe it would be better that he talks out his feelings of suicidal thoughts with somebody but instead of because he feels that help isn't best for him but i also like can't speak to that because I don't know what it's like to be in his position and what he's feeling, but also to be on the receiving end of that, I feel like it also can't be easy, you know? So it's like, yeah. how do you show up for someone in that way, but also how do you show up 
for yourself. That's true. It's it's definitely hard, like, if you have a loved one or somebody, like, near you, too, that that is having, experiencing those those thoughts and those feelings. Because that's hard, too, for them. Because you want to help them. But it's, like, a lot of the times, it's hard to... How do you help? Yeah, it's... And I think that's something that we really should, like, kind of look more in-depth to and, like, create more of a conversation around that. Because how do you help a loved one who doesn't want help? Like, how do you show up for them? June 23rd, 2014. In this exchange, Michelle discourages Conrad from harming himself. Michelle, how do you want to harm yourself? Conrad, something. I don't know yet. Michelle, please don't. Conrad, I hate myself. I'll always hate myself. I'm never going to view myself as good. I'm so far behind. Michelle, what is harming yourself going to do? Nothing. It will make it worse. Conrad, make the pain go away. Like you said. Michelle, it will only make the pain go away temporarily. But when you're done, you'll just regret it and feel even worse. This exchange is on July 7th, 2014. Michelle tells Conrad how she would handle this situation, or his situation. Conrad, if you were in my position, honestly, what would you do? Michelle, I would get help. That's just me, though. When I have a serious problem like that, my first instinct is to go get help because I know I can't do it on my own. Later that day, however, Michelle and Conrad discuss the best way for him to produce carbon monoxide. Michelle, well, there's more ways to make carbon monoxide. Google ways to make it. Conrad, oh my god. Michelle, what? Conrad, portable generator. That's it. The next day, Conrad seems less resolute. Michelle, so are you sure you don't want to kill yourself tonight? Conrad, what do you mean am I sure? Michelle, like, are you definitely not going to do it tonight? Conrad, I don't know. I'll let you know. Michelle, because I'll stay up with you if you want to do it tonight. Conrad, another day wouldn't hurt. Michelle, you can't keep pushing it off, though. That's all you keep doing. I'm confused. So now she's, she's, she wants him to kill himself. She's like, do it. Do it right now. I don't understand. I literally don't understand because it's like, I almost feel as if, and this is just like from my perspective, what I think is going on, but I almost feel as if Conrad's suicidal tendencies may have gotten too much for her, but she couldn't communicate that. So instead of yeah, communicating okay. that, she switches her position and she's like, okay, then do it. I want to see you do it, you know? And it's like, just cause I she's don't... tired of dealing with, yeah, and I don't know if you've ever been in the position, and if you have, or, you know, if you know somebody that has, but I've been in the position before where, you know, I've tried to leave, like, a romantic relationship, and the threat of, like, I want to kill myself comes up. It's just, like, I've been in that position, too, where I don't know what to do, honestly. Like, I don't know what to do, and I don't know what to say, because it's, like, obviously I don't want you to kill yourself, but it's, like, I can't do this relationship. Do I call help for you? Like, what do you need from me so that way you can, like... Be okay. You yeah. can get help. Like, it's just... A, it's a complicated situation, you know? So it's like, I can't even say that I would be able to communicate through that kind of situation. But I also don't know how you do, like, 
So I just think that if this was becoming too much for her, she could have totally went a different route. But also that's just my perspective from what I'm reading. July 11th, 2014. On this day, Michelle sends Conrad her opinion about using a generator in the truck as opposed to a water pump. Michelle. Well, in my opinion, I think you should do the generator because I don't know much about the pump. And with a generator, you can't fail. So now, not only is she like telling him, you keep pushing it off, but also she's just like giving him ideas and furthering his ideas on, you know, following yeah, through with like, this. No, no, this will be better if you do This will like be that. better. Yeah. And I'm just like, you can't you know, so, fail. Like, this will definitely kill you. Yeah. And even if she was like, again, over, you know, even if she felt like she couldn't hold space for his suicidal tendencies anymore. Like, she's still continuing this on and still continuing to persuade him. So I'm just, I still don't get it. Um, So this is a series of messages from July 4th to 2014. The series of messages was sent over a span of nine days. And then there's kind of like a pause in between conversations. So you'll Mm -hmm. obviously pick up on the pauses when I pause. Michelle, you're going to have to prove me wrong because I just don't think you really want this. You just keep pushing it off to another night and you'll say you do it, but you never do. Michelle, see, that's what I mean. You keep pushing it off. You just said you were going to do it tonight and now you're saying eventually. Michelle, but I bet you're going to be like, oh, it didn't work because I didn't tape the tube right or something like that. I bet you're going to say an excuse like that. Mm. Michelle, do you have the generator? Conrad, not yet, LOL. Michelle, well, when are you getting it? So not only does Conrad, like, not really reply to her and, like, what she's sending, but she's, like, continuously, like, going on, even without she's him now, responding. She's now, like, more into the idea. Like, I th- I don't even, it didn't seem like he was that into it anymore. Yeah, because he stopped responding to you. So it's just, like, why continue on? It's like, oh, okay. Michelle. You better not be bullshitting me and say you're going to do this and then purposely get caught. Oh my gosh, she's really into him killing himself. And it's kind of just like Michelle and I don't know. It's hard to say because I can't speak to each person's like mental health, but it's just like, Michelle, take a step back. Mm -hmm. Look at what you're doing. You're literally persuading another human to kill themselves. Like, do you not realize what you're doing? Especially knowing that someone isn't mentally well and enforcing these ideas even more. Like, you're not helping. Like, obviously you were intending to help in the very beginning, but it's just like, now you're only persuading and persuading and persuading. This text thread comes from July 11th to the 12th, 2014. Overnight and into the morning... Conrad shares concerns over how his parents would handle his suicide. Conrad, I'm just too sensitive. I want my family to know there was nothing they could do. I am entrapped in my own thoughts. Conrad, like, no, I would be happy if they had no guilt about it because I had, because I have a bad feeling that this is going to create a lot of depression between my parents slash sisters. Conrad. I'm overthinking everything. Fuck. I gotta stop and do it. So it's like, he's obviously like, if there is a point to him coming to his senses. Right now is the time. Throughout this whole thought, 
right now is the because time. Because he's thinking about this is even the a time. people that in his life. You know, he's thinking about the fact that his parent, how they would feel, and his sisters and his family and everything, and how they want to help him. So right now could have been the time, but let's see what Carter says. Yeah, let's see what Michelle has to say. Michelle, I think your parents would know that you're in a really bad place. I'm not saying they want you to do it, but I honestly feel like they can accept it. They know that there's nothing they can do. They've tried helping. Everyone's tried. But there's a point that comes where there isn't anything anyone could do to save you. Not even yourself. And you've hit that point. And I think your parents would know you've hit that point. You said your mom saw a suicide thing on your computer and she didn't say anything. I think she knows it's on your mind and she's prepared for it. Michelle, everyone will be sad for a while, but they'll get over it and move on. They won't be in depression. I won't let that happen. I know how sad you are and they know that you're doing this to be happy. And I think they will understand and accept it. They'll always carry you in their hearts. Literally, what the fuck? <laughs> like, she's even turning his concern for his family on him. Like, that is so bad. <sighs> she is manipulating him. She literally is telling him, him, like, his mother doesn't even care, pretty much. Like, that's wild. Yeah. Conrad. I don't want to hurt anyone in the process, though. Conrad. I meant, when they open the door, all the carbon, all the carbon monoxide is going to come out. They can't see it or smell it, whoever opens the door. Michelle. They will see the generator and know that you died of carbon, carbon monoxide. Conrad. Hey, can you do me a favor? Michelle. Yes, of course. Conrad. Just be there for my family. Smiley face. Michelle, Conrad, of course I will be there for your family. I will help them as much as I can get to get through this. I'll tell them about how amazing their son slash brother truly was. It's like, girl, they know how amazing I am. I'm a part of their family. You don't need to tell them. Like, I'm here. I'm here. And they don't... <sighs> Mind blown. Conrad, I don't know. I'm freaking out again. I'm overthinking. Michelle, I thought you wanted to do this. The time is right, and you're ready. You just need to do it. You can't keep living this way. You just need to do it like you did last time, and not think about it, and just do it, babe. You can't keep doing this every day. Conrad, I do want to, but, like, I'm freaking for my family, I guess. I don't know. Michelle, Conrad, I told you, I'll take care of them. Everyone will take care of them to make sure they won't be alone and people will help them get through it. We talked about this. They will be okay and accept it. People who commit suicide don't think this much. They just do it. What? The fuck? People that commit suicide don't think this much. They just do it. You're doing your suicidal thoughts wrong. What the fuck? This is... She murdered him. She's literally leading up to murdering him. Like... Yeah, well, yeah. What? Because th- this is not okay. Because he he wasn't in that place. Exactly. Anymore. At this point, it's no longer his suicidal thoughts taking him over. I think that we can obviously see, like, 
He wants to go back on this. He doesn't feel comfortable with the idea of it anymore. And she just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. Even after the first push, she is continuously pushing. Like, Michelle, oh my god. No. July 12th, 2014. In these exchanges on the day before his body was found, Roy expresses more hesitation about his plan. Michelle, so I guess you aren't going to do it then. All that for nothing. Michelle, I'm just confused. Like, you were so ready and determined. Conrad, I'm going to eventually. Conrad, I really don't know what I'm waiting for, but I have everything lined up. Michelle, no, you're not, Conrad. Last night was it. You keep pushing it off and you say you'll do it, but you never do. It's always going to be that way if you don't take action. Michelle, you're just making it harder on yourself by pushing it off. You just have to do it. Michelle, do you want to do it now? Conrad, is it too late? I don't know. It's already light outside. Conrad, I'm going to go back to sleep. Love you. I'll text you tomorrow. Oh, Oh. God. (laughs) Okay. No. Michelle, no. It's probably the best time now because everyone's sleeping. Just go somewhere in your truck. And no one's really out right now because it's an awkward time. Michelle, if you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. Michelle, and you can't say you'll do it tomorrow because you probably won't. Michelle, you just need to do it, Conrad, or I'm going to get you help. Michelle, you can't keep doing this every day. Conrad, okay, I'm going to do it today. Michelle, do you promise? Conrad, I promise, babe. I have to now. Michelle, like, right now? Conrad, where do I go? Sad face. Michelle, and you can't break a promise and just go into a quiet parking lot or something. Conrad. I'm really... Yeah. I'm really... I can't believe this. This is crazy. It's... The... She does not... care about him. This is just leading up to something so fucking awful where it's literally making me sick to my stomach. And I just think that it's so hard to believe that this is a real woman that was out there persuading this man to kill himself. Like... Oh my gosh, I can't believe, like... I I just can't imagine being his family and finding these text messages afterwards. Oh no, oh my god. Like, I would be livid. I would be livid, and it's just so heart-wrenching. Like, I'm not even a part of his family, and it's like, I feel this Mm -hmm. so intensely, like... I feel angry because it's like it's like he was at the point where he was thinking and he was second guessing it and he was really thinking about it and instead of like push him out of that give him the little nudge that he needed to get help she did the opposite so this is doing the opposite this is literally doing the opposite and remember how in the beginning of the episode I was mentioning like you know, maybe he just needed to talk about, like, his suicidal thoughts and get that out and just release that from his body and he'll move past it. Well, mm-hmm. this was his point where he was moving past it. He, it became so serious for him that he was like, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. Like, because it's more about me. It's my family, too. And my friends, you know. And fuck. You know, like, she couldn't have just let it go, you know. Conrad. Okay. Michelle. Go somewhere you know you won't get caught. You can find a place. I know you can. 
are you doing it now? And it's like, she has the confidence in him to fucking find a place to park, but she doesn't have the confidence in him to not kill himself. Like, okay. Conrad, still have no clue. Michelle, not finding a place to go isn't an excuse. Conrad, I know where to go. Michelle, where? Conrad, a park and ride. Michelle, ride? That's what it's called, Conrad. That's what it's called. It's a parking lot. Oh, okay, gotcha. Are you going now? Conrad, either that or go to the beach. Michelle, why would you go to the beach? Conrad, well, that's where my mom's going. Michelle, I thought you were just going to do it. Conrad, my mom's making me go. Conrad, when I get home, I'm going to do it. Michelle, okay, promise? I'm going kayaking anyways. It's like, girl, why do you want to be there for that? Like, why? She wants to be, she wants to be there for the suicide? Is that what she's Yeah, because she's like, okay, like, I'm going to, I'm going kayaking anyways. Like, I'll be back, like, when you come back to do it. Like, what the fuck? Literally, oh, I have to breathe through this. Conrad, haha, you love kayaking. Michelle, yup, smiley face. So something I wish we could have done. You can still do it. You can still very much well do it, Michelle. Invite him to go kayaking, but don't invite him to kill himself, please. Conrad, make sure you take your son kayaking, smiley face. Michelle, haha, of course I will. Conrad, good, what's up? Michelle, kayaking, haha. Conrad, still? Michelle, yep, but I'm done now. Conrad, I love you so much. Michelle, I love you forever. Conrad, I'm in the worst pain right now. Like, it's unbearable. Michelle, I think it's time to do it now, then. Do you agree? Conrad, please answer me. Conrad, I'm still at the beach. Michelle, oh, okay, sorry. Michelle, let me know when you're leaving. Conrad, okay. Do you think that she liked the idea of, like, maybe getting sympathy for him killing himself? And, like, being the girlfriend of someone who, like, killed himself? Because I can't really think of, like, another reason why, unless she's trying to get out of the relationship but doesn't know how and thinking, if he kills himself, that's an easy way for me to get out of it. Or, I know you know, so you don't have to tell me, but these are my theories. Yeah. I've already... I see where your theories are coming from. Um, I think that it's just so hard to say what this is because it's like, literally, it leaves me questioning any time that I think about this case or I read through it because it's like, what was her M.O.? Like, what was her M.O. behind this? Like, what is she getting out of this? How does this benefit her? You know, like, what is this feeding, like, her? Yeah. It's so weird. It's really fucking weird. Conrad, I'm determined. Michelle, I'm happy to hear that. Conrad, I'm ready. Michelle, good, because it's time, babe. You know that. Michelle, when you get back from the beach, you gotta do it. You're ready. You're determined. It's the best time. Conrad, okay, I will. Michelle, are you back? Conrad, no more thinking. Michelle, 
Yes, no more thinking. You just need to do it. No more waiting. Conrad, on my way back. I know where to go. Michelle, where? Conrad, a parking lot. There's going to be no cars there at nine, so that's when I'll be found. Michelle, okay, perfect. Michelle, when will you be home? Conrad, ten minutes. Conrad, haha, that's perfect, question mark? Michelle, okay, and well, yeah, I don't know. Conrad, like I don't want to kill anyone else with me. Michelle, you won't? Conrad, when they open the door, question mark, they won't know it's odorless and co- and colorless. Michelle, oh, you're overturning. They will see the generator and realize you breathe in carbon monoxide. Conrad, so should I keep it in the back seat or front? Michelle, in front, you could write on a piece of paper and tape it on saying carbon monoxide or something if you're scared. Conrad, I was thinking that, but someone else might see it. Conrad, before it actually happens. Michelle, well, wait, the generator is going to be on because you'll be passed out, so they'll know you use carbon poisoning. Her next message, she corrects herself and says dead. Conrad, it's not loud, is it? Michelle, not really, LMAO. Conrad, okay, good. Michelle, are you going to do it now? I'm so sorry, I like... (laughs) I'm, like, breathing through this. Okay. No, it's okay. This is, like, getting more ridiculous by the second. Yeah. Conrad, I'm home. Michelle, okay. Conrad, uh, Michelle, what? Conrad, I don't know. I'm stressing. Michelle, you're gonna be fine. It's gonna be okay. You gotta do it, babe. You can't think about it. Conrad, okay. Okay, I got this. Michelle, yes you do. I believe in you. Did you delete the messages? Conrad, yes, but you're going to keep messaging me? Michelle, I will until you turn on the generator. Conrad, okay, well I'm bringing my sisters for ice cream. Michelle, so you'll do it when you get back? Conrad, yep, I'll go right there. Michelle, okay. Conrad, love you. Michelle, I love you so much. Conrad, smiley faces. Michelle, hearts. Conrad, haha, what are you doing? Michelle, nothing really, just resting. Conrad, okay, I'm procrastinating. Michelle, yeah, I know. Dot, dot, dot. Are you back? Question mark. Conrad, yep. Michelle, so it's time. Conrad, oh, it's been time. Michelle, are you going to do it now? Conrad, I just don't know how to leave them, you know? Michelle, say you're going to the store or something. Conrad, like I want them to know I love them. Michelle, they know. That's one thing they definitely know. Michelle, you're overthinking. Conrad, I know I'm overthinking. I've been overthinking for a while now. Michelle, I know. You just have to do it like you said. Michelle, are you going to do it? Conrad, I haven't left yet. Michelle, why? Conrad, leave in now. Michelle, okay, you can do this. Conrad, I'm almost there. Michelle, okay. Michelle, please answer me. Michelle, I'm scared. Are you okay? I love you. Please answer. Michelle, 
You're at your dad's. Cadam told me. I'll get you help soon, I guess. Michelle, I thought you actually did it. So, as we can assume... She's... Oh my god, she's disgusting, dude. She's so... Oh my god. Yeah. What is that? So, as we can assume, from there being no response from Conrad, Conrad took his own life in the Kmart parking lot with the generator, and he died from carbon monoxide poisoning. That is so sad. And even up until the end, Michelle did not stop. She did not stop, not even take one second, to leave him alone about him killing himself. At the end, she was still bullying him, too. She said, you're at your dad's, you know, like, kind of threatening, like, you didn't actually yeah. do it. I thought you'd yeah. actually do it, but you didn't. Like, still, yeah. even at the end, like, she did not love him. That is not love. She didn't love him. That is not love, and, uh... It's just so hard to think that this all happened over text message. Like, that she felt the need to manipulate him... And have that power over him and push him to continue through to do this is unbelievable. You know, I think it also I think it also speaks on the fact that she asked him to delete the messages because she didn't want to take responsibility oh, for this yeah. what she was doing. She knew what she was doing was wrong. She was very aware that if somebody saw those messages, they would know that she was at fault. Um, so I think that goes to show that it was premeditated. I agree. As well. Like, she wanted to kill him, but she was also con- concealing the fact that it was her doing it. So, yeah, she's, she's I evil. Agree. <clears throat> yeah. So, Roy's funeral was held on Saturday, July 19th at St. Anthony's Church in Metapazette. Michelle Carter was indicted on February 4th, 2015 and arraigned the following day New Bedford Juvenile Court in Taunton, Massachusetts, on charges of involuntary manslaughter. The jury found enough to charge her with wantonly and recklessly assisting the suicide. She was 17 at the time, and the court indicted her as a youthful offender rather than a juvenile. No. Meaning that she could be sentenced as an adult. Oh, okay, okay, that means that means she can be sent to, sentenced as an adult? Yeah. And okay. it's like... For me, I thought for a second that meant that it was um that she got like lesser charges. Yeah, I yeah. got nervous. Okay. No, I totally okay, understand. I thought that too in the beginning. But also it's like for me it's always this constant battle of like, you know, how do I feel towards like being charged as an adult and being a minor? But it's just like I don't know in these kinds of situations because I feel like the prison system that we presently have isn't going to figure out exactly what happened here. You know, it's like, sure, we can charge her, we can put her in jail, we can give her a high sentencing, we can do all this, but it's like, somebody who's like that, who's like Michelle, obviously needs help. Like, something is not right. Yeah, definitely. Something is not right. I agree. And she needs help, but... uh, That's not what happens. So... On Monday, June 5th, 2017, 
the day before the trial was scheduled to begin, Michelle waived her right to jury trial. Therefore, the case was heard by Judge Lawrence Moniz at the Bristol County Juvenile Court of Massachusetts in Tunton. Michelle was represented by Joseph P. Caldalo and Corey Madera. As there was a limited legal precedent for prosecuting, the encouragement of suicide, Cataldo initially asked Taunton Juvenile Court judge for summary dismissal, arguing that Carter's texts were protected under the First Amendment and that the text history showed that Roy had been contemplating suicide with Carter's input. The judge declined this motion. Literally, I, again, and I've said this in many cases before, I understand that their job is to defend their client, but how do you even, like... At what cost? You're pretty much letting, like, let's say a future offender that does the same thing try to get away with, with that using that same defense. So if it works for you, then that means it ends up working for a lot of people, and it could encourage people to commit crimes. At least that's what I think. And repeat so, these I mean, crimes. Yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, God. And, and yeah, you're, like, the fact that she would get high, like, as charged as an adult, like, she definitely does need help. Um, but I feel like, like, obviously, like, I'm not, like, I, I don't know if she was getting help, and I'm not a professional, so I can't really say. But to me, it seemed like she knew what she was doing. Yeah. And from an outsider's perspective, like, that seems like she knew exactly what the outcome would be. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so I think she is a murderer. So, you know, I think that that brings up an interesting point of conversation because it's like, even my coworker and I were having a conversation about this the other day, but it's like, what do you do for people who are fully conscious and fully aware of what they're doing? Like, how can you help those people? Because there are awful murderers out there and they're completely conscious and like, they fully are well aware of the actions that they're taking. But it's just like, is that not, like, like, because typically nothing can be diagnosed on them, you know? But it's just, like, what do we do then? Like, what do we do? How do we get these people help? Because there has to be some type of help available for those people. Because even though they're fully conscious and fully aware, something is not right. Something is not right there. I don't really know if yeah. I'm, like, making sense or, like, if that overall no, topic I, even I, makes you're sense. You're trying to say, like, how do we help people who are like murderers or potentially have murderous tendencies exactly. that can't be diagnosed with anything um that's an interesting thought i'm sure like a lot of people have like a lot of doctors and whatnot they've been like, trying <laughs> yes to, like i mean they can't even diagnose them so it's like how do you help you're, you're right how do you help a person like that um i don't know i believe that there's people who are just evil yeah. And I think so and yeah. that's a scary thought because it's like like you, I do want to help you you want to help people like like that not be that way but it's like I do feel like some people are legit just evil. Yeah. So it's just like it's bad people. How do you help evil? Like literally how do you help evil? Because literally what you're saying is exactly what my coworker said the other day. Like to a T. So it's just like how do you help an evil These person. People. I don't know. It's a bigger conversation. Oh, yeah. And we can't really jump down that rabbit hole right now, but I definitely think that I want to invest more research into that and see, like, what we can find. Or because what is evil? Fuck. You know? 
What is evil? What is evil? Is evil diagnosable? Hello, doctors? Are you listening? We need <laughs> we need to establish a conversation. Um, like, evil, like, is also person to person. Like, so, yes. like, you know, like, some people would think we're evil. Very true. just being super queer and super just... <laughs> Very true. <sighs> okay. Some people the... would think we're evil. I agree. I agree. And this is such a bigger <laughs> conversation that we have the time to jump into right now. But we we need to have this conversation off off yeah, the mic this because fun. Yes. <laughs> Back to the story. After the guilty verdict, Conrad's father stated publicly that he and the family were pleased with the verdict, but they wanted a little bit more privacy and time to process the events they had experienced. Lynn Roy, Conrad's mother, appeared on the CBS 48 Hour show saying that she didn't believe that Michelle had a conscience and that she knew exactly what she was doing. Michelle remained free on bail pending her sentencing. On August 3rd, 2017, Judge Lawrence sentenced Michelle to serve a two and a half year term with 15 months to be served in the Bristol County House of Corrections. The rest of the balance suspended and five years of probation to be served. Soon after the sentencing was handed down, Michelle's lawyers asked Judge to issue a stay of the sentence until all of Car- all of Michelle's Massachusetts court appeals opinion options were exhausted. Judge granted Judge Moniz granted the stay with conditions that Carter stay away from the con- from the Roy family. On February 6, 2019, the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court ruled that Michelle acted with criminal intent when she encouraged Conrad into suicide. So her involuntary manslaughter conviction was ordered to stand and that Michelle's 15-month prison sentence would be enforced in the near future. The rest of the two-and-a-half-year sentence was suspended, followed by five years of probation. So she literally... What? Suspended in in the near future? What does that mean? Mm Mm-hmm. What does that mean? When? This woman deserves to be in jail. Yep. <sighs> okay. Uh-uh. It doesn't get better. Under order from Massachusetts judge, Michelle began serving her 15th month sentence on February 11th, 2019. Michelle had requested a parole hearing for early, early release, but the parole board denied the request on September 20th, 2019. Meanwhile... Meanwhile, Michelle's lawyers petitioned the case to the Supreme Court of the United States in July 2019 based on the First Amendment and Fifth Amendment grounds. Michelle's defense lawyers argued that Conrad had a history of suicide attempts and and the decision to end his life was his own. That Michelle was bewildered over the case against her and that taking all the text in context, she tried to talk him out of it. They argued in the initial hearings that the defendant had broken no law and had a First Amendment right to free speech, and that and that at that time she was a juvenile. The Supreme Court declined to hear the case in January 2020, leaving in place the Massachusetts Supreme Court conviction. Yes. On January 23rd, 2020, Michelle was released early from prison due to good conduct. Oh. She's out? She Already? is out. Can you fucking believe what even is good fucking behavior in prison? It's like, obviously you're in prison for a reason. This sentencing was given to you for a reason. You killed somebody. Yeah. 
you killed somebody. Like, yeah. there is no excuse. She there, killed somebody. Why the fuck does she get leeway? Why does she get leeway? That's is it because she's a white woman? Right. Like, well, <laughs> you took the words literally right out of my mouth. She literally got... Sorry, I'm just, like, on fire. Yeah. The... I don't know. I, I literally can't think of another reason why they would let her out of jail. The caucasity jumped out there. Because... The caucasity! Because she murdered somebody. Ah! And I've seen the videos, her interviews and whatnot, like, or... Maybe it was, like, the court stuff. That that woman feels no remorse. No remorse, no shame. She feels like she did nothing wrong, and because there are people behind her that are defending her, it continues her to think that she did nothing wrong. And it's like... Girl, you did everything wrong. You convinced this man to kill himself. She gets to go on and live her normal fucking life while Conrad is no longer here. His family doesn't have him, and obviously, like... You can just tell, like, I don't know too much about Conrad, but you can just tell that he was had a very sweet demeanor about him, and that throughout this whole entire time, he was thinking of others. Literally, he thought about his family. He was. He thought about his friends. He th- even thought about the his people sisters. that were going to find him. He thought, of pe- he thought about the oh, people he, who were going to find part, him dead. Literally, he was like, I just don't want to hurt anybody with the gas, with the carbon monoxide. If they open it, I don't want to hurt them. He was literally going to put a sign up on the car window because he was like, I don't want anyone to breathe in any of this. Like, I'm just trying to kill myself. I don't want to take anybody with me. Like, that is just heart-wrenching. Also, the part that got me was when he went with his sisters to go get ice cream. I know. To go get ice cream. Literally, at that part, I wanted to cry. I wanted to cry because I can't even imagine, you know, like, your sisters not even knowing that that's their last moment with you. Like, it just feels that's devastating. So fucking heavy, and you know, I think we've only talked about suicide on this show a time, one time before, and that was when we talked about Dorothy Hale and uh, Frida Kahlo's painting. Yeah. And um, you know, I just want to go ahead and reiterate that there is help out there. Trust me, I know that when you are in that state of mind. It is not easy to get out of it, and it is not easy to bypass the feelings, you know? But it's like, you don't even have to bypass the feelings. Wrong. There's nothing wrong with looking for help. Even if you think, oh, maybe I can handle this a little bit longer. Like, I, I, you know, I don't have to do that. Don't feel shame trying to find some help. Even if you're not totally suicidal, if you're feeling like you're depressed, or if you feel anxiety... Any kind of situation, like, it always helps. Like, you can be a a healthy person and also get help. Like, that's totally fine. Do what you gotta do. It's all around holistic help. Like, you know, even if you're a physically healthy person, be mentally, like, accountable for yourself and show up for yourself in that way. Yeah, check up on yourself. Because... Check up on yourself, your your mind. It's it's so important. Your your brain is very... It's the most important organ. One of the most yeah, important the most organs. Important. You gotta treat her and love her with respect. And not to gender the brain. Sorry. But uh, you gotta treat your brain with <laughs> respect and love. And, um, you know, that's something that I've come to realize as an adult. Not to make this about me, but it's just like, ask for help when you need help. Like, ask for help when you need help and you feel like you need help. Because it can save your life. And, you know, we just want you to be here on this planet 
and see all the opportunities that are available for you and so the power that you can give to the world and you know just with your presence I promise you it'll make all the difference if you reach out for help but again I'm not a health professional and you know I can't recommend what's right what's wrong to do but I just hope that if you find yourself in that mental state that you're able to hold it off and wait and seek for help because there are professionals and out there always there is always more options there is always more options you need to be able to see the fact that that even at your lowest point you don't have to stay there no you don't you don't have to stay there um there there are low points and there are high points and yeah you thankfully there are resources we have resources available so take advantage we do take advantage of them if you're listening to us that means that you have internet so you you also have resources to help yourself and take care of your your mental health yeah so do it do it please do it do it for your loved ones check up with them um yes also ask your loved ones like especially during this time while being in quarantine this is probably like the loneliest that people have ever been you know so it's like even if you have that one friend that's like super jolly and super happy and you haven't heard from them in a while, mm-hmm. check in. If you have that angry neighbor, check in. It doesn't hurt to check in and, you know, it can mean the world to somebody. Even if you just check in and say hi, like be there for yourself and be there for others if you have the space to do so. I really just want to end on one last thought. Um, it is November 2nd and... No matter the outcome tomorrow, we're going to be okay. We The fight is not over. No matter who wins, the fight is not over. We have to be there for each other. We have to be there for for pretty much everyone. Every Like, you know, if you're an indigenous person, a black person, a LGBTQIA plus person, like, we got to continue to support each other. If you're an immigrant... Um, if you're undocumented, we, we got to stick together. So, yeah. So that's my, those are, we are a community as a whole, everybody. And we are only as strong as our weakest link. And allies, if we come together through too, I see y'all Caucasians, you better stick with it because your voice matters. Uh, you know damn well your voice matters. So use it for good. You know damn well your voice matters. <laughs> use it for exactly. good. Exactly. Um, and, and yeah. Yeah, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. So we're going to be good. We got this, everybody. So first of all, I just want to go ahead and thank you so much for listening to that story, Dylan. I couldn't imagine that it was easy for you to listen to um and relive that again uh and you know if you guys want to get more details on this uh the docu- the two-part documentary on hbo i love you now die has a two-part series and it jumps a little bit more in depth into conrad's and michelle's relationship if you feel so inclined to watch that as you know we do always have a spotlight foundation every episode so this week's spotlight foundation is going to be the afsp uh, organization. Basically, they help with suicide prevention and they help to save lives and bring hope to those affected by suicide. 
So they do have a donate tab on their organization page at, at afsp.donodrive.com. And there's a couple of different areas that you can donate to. Uh, so if you can donate to one of the tabs that's on there, that'd be super beneficial. They are a nonprofit organization and about, but basically a really good percentage of what's donated to the organization does go to help for resources for uh, suicide prevention. So if you guys can jump on over and donate there. Dylan, can you tell everybody what they will be expecting from us next? So next is going to be our Irks and Perks episode. So stay tuned for that. Uh, also, we have another... We're, we're doing two parts for crime and two parts for uh, art this month. So stay tuned for those. It's going to be some fun stuff. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for that. So we have some, don't worry everyone, we have some interviews for you coming up next month. But this month you guys are in for a treat because we're going to be getting the true crime episodes, some art episodes in there, along with our irks and perks. And who knows, we might release something a little special sometime within there. But I guess you'll just have to wait to find out. Otherwise, is there anything you'd like to add, Dylan, before we go? Yeah, well... I'm glad this episode went excellent. Uh, thank you so much for this last minute recording. I did enjoy the story once again. It, um, you know, it goes to show that we do need to stay uh, and be present for our loved ones and for ourselves and for our mental health. So thank you for that reminder. Um, also, um, I hope everyone had a, an excellent Halloween and, and a beautiful Dia de los Muertos. Uh, yeah, please continue to stay safe, social distance, and um, yeah, for the for the upcoming upcoming holidays. Yes. So that's it for us from now. Thank you so much for adding in that last part, Dylan. We are Whisper, Whisper Podcast. Podcast. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Whisper Podcast. We're Zach and Dylan, and you can find us at Whisper Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter at Whisper underscore podcast. Visit our website and blog at thewhisperpodcast.com. Interested in chatting with us live? Send us a DM at one of the social sites or reach out at whisperwfpodcast at gmail.com with potential interviewees stated in the subject line. Cover art by Dylan Gomez. Editing by Zach Tyler. Music by audionautics.com. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Love the show? Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. We are a completely independent show, and if you'd like to give your support for the show and get a shout-out on air with a special gift, you can find us at WhisperPodcast on Patreon.com. Zach and Dylan are not licensed professionals, nor do we claim to be. Podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. If you or a loved one are in need of immediate help, we recommend that you contact a licensed professional or a hotline pertaining to your needs which can be found on our website under the Help Is Here tab.